welcome, welcome to the Pet Minds Book Club. I'm super duper excited to have you right here on board. My name is Victoria Olwell and this is the Pet Minds Book Club and what we do here is everything books. And if you're just joining us for the first time, we would like to celebrate you, appreciate you, and welcome you warmly. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. And we'd like you to simply click on the green icon right beside the Pen Minds Book Club so that you can get notifications and updates of our weekly programs, which we get to hold Mondays and Wednesdays, 5.30, 60 or about to 6 30 p.m west african time i truly appreciate you and i would like to say that it's always insightful being here as we get involved with book reading we discuss books and discuss lessons and it's always always amazing remember that this book club is simply everything books from book reading to book reviews to book writing book editing book publishing and even promotions even as much as getting or acquiring your isbn we just have you covered so feel free to send a dm to me victoria orwell if you would like any of those services or you'd like to know more about that or you perhaps have inquiries that's fine we are hoping to helping you all right all right all right it's not a beautiful day and right here in nigeria i'm super duper excited to take you through another reading and today we will continue with the book the secret of the millionaire mind last week it was super amazing and we discussed certain money blueprints that we could have verbal money blueprints what you heard growing up about money and how it has affected you as a person things like i do not have enough um, money doesn't grow on the tree you know i mean there's really never enough so you gotta work hard all about those things you heard has a way of affecting you know your money blueprint or in one way or the other has affected your money blueprint and it's right about time to start identifying the problems you have in relation to money the money blueprint that you have that isn't right and correcting them now that you can okay moving on we will be looking at other money blueprints and perhaps what causes them and so the second influence apart from verbal programming that we have is modeling and I'm just gonna take our time to read through now and I would like you to do one thing get your book your pen your device that you would like to use to take down notes take down insights because it's always very interactive i would like us to interact i would like us to share i would like us to discuss i would like us to engage so please and please and please do well to take down insights take down your shares your questions and yes we would be happy to you know discuss it later we can all learn from each other right here in this place and remember we're still on the book the Secret of the Millionaire Mind by T. F. Ecker. And yes, 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 I'm about to go on with the reading to get ready to listen, to enjoy, to internalize every word, and also get ready to share. Don't forget, it is a learning process for all of us, and we would all grow together. I love you always. And then right now, we'll get on with the reading. The second influence modeling 
The second way we are conditioned is called modeling. What were your parents or guardians like in the arena of money when you were growing up? Did one or both of them manage their money well or did they mismanage it? Were they spenders or savers? Were they shrewd investors or were they non-investors? Were they risk takers or conservative? Was money consistently there or was the overflow was the overflow, was the flow more sporadic did money come easily in your family or was it always a struggle was money a source of joy in your household or the cause of bitter arguments why is this information important you've probably had the same monkey see monkey do well humans aren't far behind as kids, we learn just about everything from modeling. Although most of us would hate to admit it, there's more than a grain of truth in the old saying that apple doesn't just fall too far from the tree. This reminds me of the story about a woman who prepares a ham for dinner by cutting off both ends. A bewildered husband asks why she cuts off the ends. She replies, that's how my mom cooked it. Well. It just so happened that her mom was coming for dinner that night. So they asked her why she cut off the ends of the app. Mom replies, that's how my mom cooked it. So they decide to call grandma on the phone and ask why she cut off the ends of the app. Her answer <laughs> was because my pan was too small. The point is that generally speaking, we tend to be identical to one or a combination of our parents in the arena of money. For example, my dad was an entrepreneur. He was in the home building business. He built anywhere from a dozen to a hundred homes per project. Each project took a huge amount of capital investment. My dad would have to put up everything we had and borrowed heavily from the bank until the homes were sold and the cash came through. Consequently, at the beginning, each at the beginning of each project, we had no money and we in debt up to our eyeballs. As you can imagine, during this period, my dad was not in the best of moods, nor was gener generosity in strong suit. If I asked him for anything that cost even a penny, his standard reply after the usual was this: "What am I?" made of money are you crazy of course i wouldn't get it done but what i would get was that don't even think of asking again glad i'm sure you know the one i'm talking about this scenario would last for about a year or two until the homes were finally sold then we'll be rolling in dough all of a sudden, my dad was a different person. He would be happy, kind, and extremely generous. He would come over and ask me if I needed a few bucks. I felt like giving him his glare back, but <laughs> I wasn't that stupid. So I just said, sure dad, thanks, and rolled my eyes. Life was good until that dreaded day when he would come home and announce, I found a good piece of land. We are going to build again. I distinctly remember saying, great, dad, good luck, as my heart sank. 
knowing the struggle that was about to unfold again. This pattern lasted from the time I could remember, when I was about six until the age of 21, when I moved out of my parents' house for good. Then it stopped, or so I thought. At 21 years of age, I finished school and became, you guessed it, a builder. <laughs> I then went on to several other types of project-based businesses. For some strange reason, I would make a small fortune. But just a short time later, I would be broke. I would get into another business and believe I was on top of the world again, only, only to eat a bottom a year later. This up and down pattern went on for nearly 10 years before I was chosen or before I realized that maybe the problem wasn't the type of business I was choosing, the partners I was choosing, the employees I had, the state of the economy, or my decision to take time off and relax when things were going well. I finally recognized that maybe, just maybe, I was unconsciously relieving my dad's up and down income pattern. All I can say is, thank goodness. Thank goodness I learned what you're learning in this book and was able to recondition myself out of that yo-yo model and into having a consistently growing income. Today, the urge to change when things are going well and to sabotage myself in the process still comes up. But now, there's another foul in my mind that observes this feeling and says, thank you for sharing. Now let's get refocused and back to work. Another example comes from one of my seminars in Orlando, Florida. As usual, people were filing up to the stage, one by one, to get an autograph and say hello or thank you or whatever. I will never forget one older gentleman because he came up sobbing. He could barely catch his breath and kept wiping his tears with his sleeve. I asked him what was wrong. He said, I'm 63 years old and I've been reading books and going to seminars since they were invented. I've seen every speaker and tried everything they taught. I've tried stocks, real estate and been in over a dozen different businesses. I went back to university and got an MBA. I've got more knowledge than 10 average men. Yet, I've never made it financially. I would always get a good start, but end up empty-handed. And in all those years, I never knew why. I thought I just might be plain old stupid until today. Finally, after listening to you and doing the processes, it all makes sense to me now. There's nothing wrong with me. I just had my dad's money blueprint stuck in my head. And that's been my ne nemesis. My dad went through the heart of the depression era. Every day he would try getting jobs or selling things and come home empty-handed. I wish I would have understood modeling and money pat patterns 40, 40 years ago. 
what a waste of time. All that learning and knowledge had been, he began to cry even harder. I replied, no way is your knowledge a waste of time. It has been just latent, waiting in the mind bank, waiting for the opportunity to come out. Now that you've formulated a success blueprint, everything you've ever learned will become usable and you will skyrocket to success. For most of us, when we hear the truth, we know it. He started the lighting up and began breathing deeply again. Then a big grin came across his face. He gave me the biggest hug and said, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Last I heard from him, everything was booming. He has accumulated more wealth in the last 18 months than in the past 18 years combined. I love it. Hoo-hoo. That's the kind of news we like to hear. Again, you can have all the knowledge and skills in the world, but if your blueprint isn't set for success, you are financially doomed. We often get seminars or seminar participants whose parents were involved in World War II or who lived through the Depression. These people are often in shock when they realize how much their parents' experiences have influenced their beliefs and habits around money. Some spend like crazy because you could easily lose all your money so you might as well enjoy it while you can. Others go the opposite route. They hoard their money and save for a rainy day. A word of wisdom I must share with you is this. Saving for a rainy day might sound like a good idea. But it can create big problems. One of the principles we teach in another, we teach in another of our curses is the power of intention. If you are saving your money for a rainy day, what are you going to get? You would get rainy days. So many rainy days. So my advice is stop doing that. Stop calling for rainy days to you stop saving for the rainy days you imagine would be instead of saving for a rainy day focus on saving for a joyous day or for the day you win your financial freedom then by virtue of the law of intention that's exactly what you will get your financial freedom earlier we said that most of us tend to be identical to one or both parents in their run of money. But there's also the flip side of the coin. Some of us end up being exactly the opposite. Some of us end up being exactly the opposite of one or both parents. Why would that happen? Do the words anger and rebellion ring a bell? In short, it just depends on how ticked off you were at them. Unfortunately, as little kids, we can't say to our parents, Mom and Dad, have a seat. I'd like to discuss something with you. I'm not fond of the way you're managing your money or, for that matter, your lives. And therefore, when I become an adult, I'll be doing things quite differently. 
I hope you understand. Good night. And now, pleasant dreams. <laughs> no, no, no. It doesn't go quite that way. Instead, when our buttons are pushed, we generally freak out and what comes out sounds more like, I hate you. I'll never be like you when I grow up. I'm gonna be rich and I'll get whatever I want, whether you like it or not. And we run to our bedroom, slam the door and start pounding our pillow or whatever else is at hand to vent our frustration. Many people who come from poor families become angry and rebellious about it. Often they either go out and get rich or at least have the motivation to do so. But there's one little hiccup, which is actually a big burp. Whether such people get rich or work their burns off trying to become successful, they are not usually happy. Why? Because the root of their wealth and motivation for money is anger and resentment. Consequently, money and anger become linked in their minds. And the more money such individuals have or strive for, the angrier they get. Mm. What? What a story. And again, what a truth. Eventually, the I self says, I'm tired of being angry and stressed out. I just want to be peaceful and happy. So they ask the same mind that created the link what to do about the situation. To which their mind answers, if you want to get rid of your anger, you're going to have to get rid of your money. So they do. They subconsciously get rid of their money. They overspend or make a point investment decision or get a financially disastrous divorce or they sabotage their success in some other way. But no matter, because now, these folks are happy, right? Wrong. Things are even worse. Because now they're not just angry, they are broke and angry. They got rid of the wrong thing. They got rid of the money instead of the anger. The fruit instead of the root. Meanwhile, the real issue is, and always was, the anger between them and their parents. And until that anger is resolved, they will never be truly happy or peaceful, regardless of how much money they have or don't have. The reason or motivation you have for making money or creating success is vital. If your motivation for acquiring money or success comes from a non-supportive root, such as fear, anger, or the need to prove yourself, your money will never bring you happiness. I want you to take note of this again. If your motivation for acquiring money or success comes from a non-supportive root such as fear, anger, or the need to prove yourself, your money will never bring you happiness. Why? Because you can't solve any of these issues with money. Take fear for instance. During my seminars, I ask, I ask the audience, how many of you would cite fear as your primary motivation for, for success? Not many people put up their hands. However, then, I ask, how many of you would cite security as one of your main motivators for success? Almost everyone puts up his or her hand. But get this, security and fear 
are both motivated by the same thing. Seeking security comes from insecurity, which is based on fear. So will money dissolve the fear or more money and the fear you wish? But the answer is absolutely no. Why? Because money is not the root of the problem. Fear is. What's even worse is that fear is not just a problem. It's a habit. Therefore, making more money will only change the kind of fear we have. When we're broke, we're most likely afraid that we'll never make it or never even have enough. Once we make it, however, our fear usually changes to what if I lose what I have made? Or everyone's going to want what I have? Or I'm going to get screamed in taxes? In short, until we get to the root of this issue and dissolve the fear, no amount of money will help. Of course, even the choice most of us would rather worry about having money and losing it than not having money at all, but neither overly enlightened ways to live. As with those of us driven by fear, many people are motivated to achieve financial success to prove they are good enough. We will cover this challenge in detail in part two of this book, but for now, just realize that no amount of money can ever make you good enough. Money can't make you something you already are. Again, as we fear, the always having to prove yourself issues become your habitual way of living. You don't even recognize it. You don't recognize it's running you. You call yourself a high achiever, a hard driver, determined, and all the traits are fine. The only question is why? What is the root? engine that drives all this. Mm. I'd like us to think through this. What is the root engine behind your drives in life, behind your drive to make money, or behind your drive to work hard and be successful? What is the root engine behind it? If you look at this properly, you can find beneath it your money blueprint. You can find beneath it the programs you have in your mind and that you have acquired over time. One very good question you should look into and pay attention to perhaps. For people who are driven to prove they are good enough, no amount of money can ease the pain of that inner wound that makes everything and everyone in their life not enough. No amount of money or anything else for that matter will ever be enough for people who feel they are good enough for themselves. Again, it's all about you. Remember your inner world reflects your outer world. If you believe you're not enough, you will validate that belief and create the reality that you don't have enough. On the other hand, if you believe you are plenty, you will validate that belief and create plenty of abundance. Why? Because plenty will be your roots, which will then become your natural way of being. By unlinking your money motivation from anger, fear, and the need to prove yourself. You can install new links for earning your money through purpose, through purpose, contribution, and joy. That way, you will never have to get rid of your money to be happy. Being a rebel or the opposite of your parents is not always a problem. To the contrary, if you were a rebel, 
often the case with second-born children <laughs> and your folks had poor money habits. I had to laugh there because I'm a second boy and I'm wondering, was I ever a rebel? <laughs> well, let's move on. It's probably a good thing that you are the opposite, the opposite of your parents here. On the other hand, if your parents were successful and you're rebelling against them, you could be in for serious financial difficulties. Either way, what's important is to recognize how your way of being relates to one or both of your parents in the arena of money. Remember that there are always steps for change. How do you change this modeling? One is awareness. Consider the ways of being and habits each of your parents had around money and wealth. Write down how you may be identical or opposite to either of them. Another is understanding. Write down the effect this modeling has had on your financial life. The third one is dissociation. Can you see this way of being is only what you learned and isn't you? Can you see you have a choice in the present moment to be different? I need you to declare. Place your hand over your heart and say, What I modeled around money was their way. I choose my way. Now touch your head and say, I have a millionaire mind. I have a billionaire mind. We'll move on to the third influence, which is specific incidents. But before we move on, I would like to hear from you. If you have something to share, you have an insight to share, you have a question to share, or you have a comment, let's bring it on. Remember that this is a program that allows us to learn from each other. Apart from sharing insights from the book and the book readings, we would like to learn what did you pick, what did you learn, what questions would you like to ask in relation to what T. Uh, Ecker has shared with us on the secret of the millionaire mind and we are looking at money blueprints. And just in case you're just joining us for the first time, welcome, welcome, welcome on board. We appreciate you. This is the Pen Minds Book Club. Click right on the green icon right beside the Pen Minds Book Club to join us and become a member of this group. It's always insightful being here. We learn every day. We grow every day. We get to meet Mondays and Wednesdays, 5.30 to 6 p.m. West African time thereby and we just get into book reading and this book club is always about book reading book reviews book writing book editing book promotions book publishing think about everything books if you even want further information on how you can acquire your ISBN we can always give you all the information you desire and we are also always open to serving you in the most pleasant ways I love you always and I'll be looking out to hearing your shares so please do well to share with us right about now what you got from the book before we move on to the next stage. I love you.